Random Inks Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Mark. What's up, my nerds? transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business, stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. And may the force be with you. Always. Welcome everyone to the Credible Nerds podcast. Today we'll be talking about the recent release of Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker. It's been a long 42 years to the conclusion of the Star Wars saga that started in 1977, but here we are, the final film in this nine-episode arc, and we're going to be talking about it, what we liked about it, and what we didn't like about it, if anything, and where it kind of fits in with everything, and we, if we felt that it was a good way to wrap up this multi-decade arc that we've been following for such a long time. And my name is Justin, and as always, I have my fellow Skywalker with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? So we went and saw the film on opening day, on which actually was Thursday night, December 19th. And it was a special fan event. And we were able to get together and just sit down and soak it all in and watch this film. So for for me, Mark, it was, you know, I saw the first film in 1977 when I was four years old. And here I am, much older. And Seeing this, this, uh, the, this last film, Episode Nine, which I never thought would happen. I remember uh, Return of the Jedi came out, and that was the last Star Wars movie. And then they announced the prequels, and Episode Three was the last Star Wars movie. And then, and then they announced the sequels, and now Episode Nine is the last movie. So, so the third ending of the Star Wars saga, um, for me anyway. What um, kind of what were your thoughts in regards to just the overall? you know, supposed ending, you know, episode nine to this saga that we've been exposed to over the years. What are your thoughts about uh, that concept? You know, will it be the last Skywalker movie that we'll see? I think so. Um, I don't know really where they go from here. I mean, I think you could tie up some loose ends, um, but that can be tied up elsewhere, right? We can see, for example, Soka. Where is she? You know, what's she doing? We don't know, right? But they're, they're having the new miniseries, right? Is it in Rebels or Clone Wars? Yeah, Clone Wars, season seven of the Clone Wars. Yeah, and, you know, so that might answer any questions about her, about what, you know, where she ended up. But um, but as far as I understand, that kind of is more about what she did after she left the Jedi, right? As opposed to what happens after in rebels right am i right yeah, it was after she left the jedi order um before episode three actually so yeah so i mean maybe they'll throw us a bone and answer there um yeah i know you would say jj abrams kind of hinted that we might see ahsoka and we didn't so <laughs> uh we have no idea so they you know we'd like to see an ending to that i think maybe people may want to see what happens with ray yeah but at the same time, I'm not hugely interested in it. Um, I think the Mandalorian has opened up a box of worms that people want to see, wait, wait, what's going to happen? So I think we could yeah. see 
there. Um, so I think if we see anything, we'll see like in series, answer the questions or anything. Um, but I, I don't know if I'd like to see another Star Wars film as, you know, for the Skywalker stuff. I, I feel like that that was an amazing nine movie journey over, you know, 40 something years, like you said, you know, 42 years. And, and it was great, you know, but I think it's time for another story arc. Yeah. Yeah. And that, those are kind of my thoughts. I mean, I do have some questions. Hey, what happened to Ray? What happened to Finn and Poe and all that stuff afterwards? And that, and to me, that's always been a good sign of a, of a good movie where the, the author or the, the writer, you know, they leave you with these questions. Hey, what happens next? And, you know, we want to know, we want to know. So that, that means that the writers did their job well, that they, created a bond for these characters with you and you're invested and you want to see what happens next, even though the story might not go that direction. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Um, like you, I, I do want to see something else. Um, so hopefully we'll get that. I, I know they've announced future star Wars movies and I think the first one's in 2022, but uh, who knows what they're going to be about. So we'll see. I heard, I've heard rumor Knights of the old Republic. Yeah, there's lots of rumors out there. I think that would be a big fan favorite if they did something like that. Well, because they had multiple games, right? They had, a, um, uh, what was it called? Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. Yeah, and then they had the online game. Yeah, the Old Republic. Yeah, Star Wars The Old Republic. And I played all of them. And I beat the first two games, obviously. And then the third game, I, um, the third game was kind of set after the fact. Of the first two, I don't know if anyone's played the the first two games, but if you know it, it's about a, a guy named Revan. It kind of centers around Revan, who is a Jedi who went bad and then came back good. And um, uh, it's set years and years after that. He's in it. Like, they kind of throw him a bone and, and give him, like, a little little bit of a story arc in the game. But it's not really about him, but it's in that era. So yeah. a lot was going on. Um, there was you know, a lot of fighting among the Sith, you know, there's a lot of different Sith Lords and stuff. And we get to find a little bit more out about some of the Sith, like as far as, you know, they had a council, like a high council. So like, even though people would be like, oh, this is like a Lord of the Sith or whatever, and we'll kill him. He's not actually the Lord of Sith. He's just like some guy and, you know, the council set him up as, you know, over here. And so it was pretty cool. They opened a lot of doors to a lot of story. So I think you just have a lot to draw from. And I'm excited about it. And I hope it is because I think that's, I, I think Revan and Malik and that whole storyline has, and what was there, three or four like main Sith, you know, lords at the time that could just open some awesome doors to to just wherever you want to go, right? Because there's no set, you know, canon story. Yeah, yeah. And I think when Benioff and Weiss, you know, who were in charge of the showrunners for Game of Thrones, when they did their... Con, I don't know if it was a contract, but they, you know, had an agreement with Lucasfilm. Hey, we're going to do a Star Wars, some Star Wars movies. I think that's where the speculation started to come up with, you know, hey, maybe they'll do Knights of the Old Republic or something from from that era. And then they've they've left. They signed their big Netflix deal and left the project. So who knows, you know, where where it's going to go, and even if they'll use their ideas or not. But yeah, so a lot of a lot of possibilities that we we have now. In some ways, they were tied down to finish the Skywalker saga. You know, they had an obligation to to wrap it up somehow. And with this film, Episode Nine, that we'll be talking about, uh, they did that. So, uh, if you aren't aware or haven't seen the show by now, we will be talking spoilers. Just a 
upfront warning. It'll be full on in-depth discussion of all the concepts and characters and situations that we saw in this film. So um, just be warned that that is the case. So, but yeah, episode nine, um, the rise of Skywalker. We saw the initial trailer and, and they announced the the title at, back at Star Wars Celebration in April, 2019. We were there at that panel and saw that. We're part of that huge excitement. I remember that's when we first found out about Palpatine, uh, Darsidious, that he was going to be, they didn't state it, but it was very obvious with, you know, Ian McDermott, the, the, the actor who plays him was there and he, you know, said the the famous words, roll it again. And everybody knew that he was going to be a part of it with the, the sinister laugh at the end of the trailer. So looking back, back in April, Mark, and to now the excitement that we felt then did it pay off uh, today? Now, when we, we actually saw the film, was it there for you? Yes and no. I think a lot of the elements were that I, uh, you know, a lot of questions I think people had lingering were there. Um, a lot of um, concepts that people wanted to see with the, you know, with the Ray and um, Ben, you know, tie in and, and things like that. I think that there was just so many questions and, and they answered like 90% of them, which was great. Yeah. I think that the the way that they ended up or the resolution of them may have not been what people quite were expecting, especially with, you know, Ben, uh, that, that was a, a surprise, you know, when that happened, I think that, you know, the whole Palpatine thing took me off guard and I was really liked it, but at the same time it ended like in a way I didn't expect. I was kind of like, Oh, like that was cool. But like, not what I expected. I expected a little bit more, or maybe I wanted something different. I don't know, right? I So that's why I say yes and no, because they did that. They just, I just wasn't ready for what I, what I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. A lot of it did pay off for me, and then some of it, I don't know if left wanting was the is the right word, but I was like, yeah, there were some things I wish could happen, but that's, I think that's any movie, especially Star Wars movie, you're expecting certain things, and you get other things, but you know, that's just how it goes. So um, it, it works for me. Um, so with the initial crawl that we see with, you know, the words in space, the first sentence is the dead speak. And that took me back. I was really surprised by that. And it just goes on to say that people have heard Palpatine's voice. And so they kind of know that he's back or they suspect that he's back somehow. And that's the, the movie starts out with um, Kylo Ren trying to figure out where he's at, how to find him. He finds a, I initially thought it was a Sith holocron, but I guess it's a, a Sith wayfinder. So <laughs> it's basically a holocron to me. I mean, it has the same shape and, you know, has knowledge of the Sith in it. But uh, Kylo Ren finds it and is able to track down where Palpatine is at and goes to find him on the planet. This planet that uh, Palpatine's on is apparently this Sith hideout that has been around forever. And it looks like there's a huge Sith temple there that Kylo Ren is able to go in. And that's where we're first introduced to Palpatine in this, in this film. Yeah, it's the planet's called Exegol. E-X-E-G-O-L, so Exegol. So it's a new planet we've never heard of in Star Wars lore. But um, what did you think of Exegol, Mark? It was, to me, it was pretty creepy, uh, dark, a lot of weird things going on. What did you think of this first? Uh, the, the soundtrack calls it a prologue the this first part with Kylo Ren trying to find Palpatine what do you think of this part of the film uh, I liked it but I almost wanted to see Korriban 
right? Because Corbin's long been the capital of the Sith. And I guess it kind of makes sense because, you know, Palpatine would know, everyone would know where that's at. And so he wants to create a place just for him where he can regenerate or whatever was going on there. Um, but it was cool. You know, I, I liked it. Like it was just, I mean, it, basically what you would expect, you know, for the, you know, I don't know, high seed of, of some the most evil Sith you've, you've met. Right. I mean, yeah. so, I mean, it was cool. It was creepy. And I think that's the whole point, right? Because Sith feeds on your fears and, and things like that. So here you go. You have to go through this, this really creepy thing, have these huge, huge um, statues that are just overbearing, you know, like intimidating and these wide open areas that, you know, I, I think praise perfectly on people's fears. And uh, I think that's really what, what it was about was creating the fear in people. Yeah. Yeah. In this film, uh, in this first part, and as well as the, the end, the final act, we learn a lot about Sith lore that we never realized before. I think in the prequels, we learned, we learned a lot about the Jedi, their history and how they do things. But in this one film, we got a lot of Sith information. Um, we have all those at the end. We have all those like Sith acolytes or whatever they are in the back in the big stadium area. Um, there's hundreds of them, if not more. And Palpatine talks about how the Sith have, they pass knowledge down from one to another. And uh, when he dies, he wants basically wants um, Ray to kill him so he can possess Ray's body or join his spirit with hers or something to that effect. And seems like that's how he was able to escape the Death Star uh, when it blew up and when he died on the Death Star in episode six. And it sounds like he was able to transfer his essence to someone else or somewhere else and eventually rebuild his power from that. So that's a bunch of stuff that we, we got in this film that was never really fully explored in, in previous films. Now, I think the only thing we knew about was the rule of two, a master and an apprentice, but we didn't know much more than that, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this was a concept from a book, wasn't it? I remember talking about this before where like a book mentioned that that's what happens. Consciousness went into some body he built or something the other. Yeah, possibly. I don't exactly remember. I know there's some similarities to a, an old comic book series, Dark Empire, but I don't, I read it a long time ago and I don't really remember a lot of the details, but there's some similarities there with that. Yeah. So, Mm. but um, yeah, so we get that little prologue and then we cut to our heroes uh, with uh, I can't remember if we see Poe and Finn and Chewie first, or if we see Ray first on the. I think we see we see Poe and Finn and Chewie. They're on they're on a mission to get this message, and they get this secret message from um, the First Order. There's a spy in the First Order. They get it. We get this cool chase scene with Tie Fighters and the Millennium Falcon, where they they do it uh, light speed skipping, where. They hurriedly jump from one place to another place to another place to try and evade the attackers. And that's something we haven't seen either in prior films. So that was kind of cool. And I liked, I really liked to see Poe and Finn together on, on a, on adventure, right? The first, in the first film, that's one of the first things we see is Poe and Finn escaping from the first order starship. They have good chemistry. They're playing off each other. They're, you know, they have this, this energy there and we don't really see it for through the rest of the story until now we don't see it at all in episode eight i mean they have some brief conversations but nothing like this so it was good to see that and we see them kind of have more adventures as the film goes on together and to me that was a strong point in the film to be able to see our heroes 
together. Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewie, even C-3PO was there. It was just good to see them having fun. I don't know if they thought it was fun, but it was fun to watch. Um, you know, have these different adventures and try to find these these clues and things like that. And that was a, a strong part for me of the film. Something I wanted to see in episode eight, but we didn't get it. So that was it was great to see that. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, cool to see like the handing of the guard too, you know, like the, the change of the guard type thing, how, you know, they, they meet Lando. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, you know, he's like, how did you guys know what to do? And he's like, we didn't know what to do, but we had to do it. And whatever we did, we did it together. And that, that was kind of, I think the whole point was like, you know, the, and they mentioned this throughout the film, the Sith just want you to make, make you feel you're alone, that you have no help, that nobody's there, that you have to do it by yourself. And, you know, and Lando says it great. You know, we, we had each other. It didn't matter what, we didn't know what to do. We just, we had each other and we did it together. And, and that kind of helped, I think, you know, Poe and Finn really kind of understand, you know, what they needed to do. Like, look, we're not Jedi. I don't have these cool powers, but I can still be part of the team as long as we're together. We're fine. You know, if I'm, you know, Ray sticks by me, I stick by Poe and Poe sticks by Finn. We're, we're good. You know, Chewie's in there and, you know, 3PO and, every. you know, I just think that was, that was cool. You know, you saw the push out of the old guard and, and the handoff to the new one. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that I was, after episode seven, I was really wanting to see in episode eight. I mean, they didn't have to be together through the whole movie, but I wanted to see something that's, that we saw in episode nine. So already, I, I was already bought in to the film um, in these first few minutes because of that. So that was good for me to see. Uh, we also see Ray training. Uh, she's Leia has, is her master. I mean, she calls her master at some point in the film and you know, Leia's teaching her how to use the force how to own her abilities and become stronger she's running this training course that we see is pretty cool and from my understanding it's been a year since the events of episode eight so she's had some time under her belt to to learn and become stronger so I, th- I thought that was cool that you know we're always curious about the Jedi trials or how do Jedi train we never really see I, we see a little bit in episode five with Yoda and Luke um, but that was only a, a few days at most. So it was good we see that. And then later on in the film, when uh, Luke is talking to Ray, um, he talks about how he and Leia were training at some point after Return of the Jedi. And Leia had built her lightsaber and they were kind of sparring. And we see a, a flashback of that moment. And we see a young Luke Skywalker and a young Leia with lightsabers, you know, dueling and practicing and that sort of thing. I thought that was a really cool moment there as well. Yeah, that was a neat flashback, you know, because you, you never, we never really got the story about Leia. Was she trained? Was she not trained? I mean, yes, yeah, she used the Force, but I mean, was that, I, I don't know, you know, just a big question mark. And so to actually see her be able to to do it and see that she did train was, was good. Because uh, I always thought it was weird that we never got that answer and never saw her with a lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, and it's too, I mean, it was only, what, a minute at most, uh, that scene? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm you know explained a lot and had a lot of weight and like you said we never saw her with a lightsaber but here we do and just that minute i mean it's added so much to the film and to the overall story because like you said we the end of episode six back in 1983 we knew that leia was a daughter of, of vader and luke's twin and she could use the force but we never got anything else after that you know so however many years later we finally see something and just that little short clip changed a lot and add a lot of depth to the story. I mean, cause it said, Luke said that, you know, at the end of her training, 
she realized that you know she needed to put away her lightsaber or something because her son was gonna cause problems. I can't remember the exact wording, but she felt she saw a vision in the forest and felt like she needed to stop training and take care of her son. So um, she was fully trained. I mean, it's at the end of her training that she saw this vision and realized this. So she she definitely knew the ways of the Jedi. We get all that from just one short clip. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, it was. It really was a good film. Like overall, I think uh, we saw some fun dynamics too with Poe and where some of his origin story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, got a little uh, idea into where he came from and who he is. But it's cool to see where he came from and. The girl that he likes that doesn't like him back and everything <laughs> else. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, he's got his little hacking buddy that hacks 3PO because 3PO just, I don't know, won't talk about cis stuff. Yeah. So I, I, it was cool to see some of that stuff, some of that, uh, those answers and those dynamic. It was cool to see that, po, you know, or Finn, uh, you know, isn't the only uh, trooper to leave you know, to, to wake up, to come out of his, you know, brainwashing or whatever they were doing to these kids and, and rebel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting that there was this whole battalion that had the same experience that Finn did, but yeah, he was the only one in his group that felt that way. So it was, it was kind of cool. I, I don't know like what the point of that was. I, I was, it was cool to see it. I don't have a problem with it, but I'm just wondering what, you know, why, why did they have to be like ex stormtroopers or, or anything i don't know but okay, mm-hmm. it's cool it's good to know that uh, there were other people who had the same experience so um yeah and poe his his we didn't know hardly anything about him but yeah here we know he was a spice runner and this past like you said that was gave him more depth to his character he wasn't always just a resistance fighter you know he had his his thing back in the day so that was cool to see just the way that Poe and Finn played off each other, like you know, like I said earlier, it was it was good to see. So um, then three PO, this is probably the biggest movie he's had, or the big biggest involvement in a movie that he's had since Empire Strikes Back, and maybe even more than Empire Strikes Back, because he was an integral part of the the plot, the story. You know, he had a big role to play with um, going along with the group and. He read that Sith knife and couldn't, like you said, he couldn't disclose what he translated because it was against his programming. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, what do you think about C-3PO being in, like having such a big role to play in the story at this, you know, episode nine? Because previous episode seven and eight, he was barely there. So, Oh, it, and it's so weird because we don't know <laughs> what 3PO does and doesn't remember. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because, I mean, R2-D2 remembers everything from the beginning like he knows everything except except ben kenobi or yeah except obi-wan kenobi yeah they don't remember each other but you know he was there from the beginning so he knows it all and i know you know they talked about 3po's memory getting wiped when senator organa took him in right and things like that so we don't really know what he does and doesn't remember and so i wonder well who put that into him who said oh you can read sith stuff but you can never translate it you know, when did that occur? Because it doesn't seem like Anakin would, would put that programming in. Like, mm-hmm. that was just a weird loophole to me. Like, I wonder who would do that. You know, I, I don't see a, a Senator Ghana being like, don't let him read Sith. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those weird things. Um, but I thought it was cool to have him um, in it more because I mean, otherwise he's just like a fan favorite that you're just happy he's there. But, you know, yeah. enough, the weird 
jokes now. Uh, so that was cool. And like I said to you, one thing I, I don't understand is it's been 42 years and no one's ever thought to upgrade this full speed. He still <laughs> yeah. walks like, <laughs> like one mile an hour. Yeah. Give him some upgrades already. <laughs> but uh, no, it was cool. I, I liked it. He had a major role to play. We didn't, you know, whereas R2-D2, he had the bigger role in the first three movies. And now I feel like, you know, 3PO had a little bit bigger role in these ones. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. We saw more of R two in, in this film than the previous two films. I mean, the first one in Episode Seven, he was basically just under a tarp the whole time to the last minute of the film. And then you see him a little bit in Episode Eight, and a little more in this film. He he's there at the first part when they're stealing the message, and then he's there watching over Leia, which I thought was appropriate that he stayed behind to kind of be there for that whole experience when she passed on. But uh, even BB eight didn't have much to do in this in this film he was there um but I, I think at the end he opened this door so they could bomb the one of the uh, star destroyers but other than that he didn't do much so i think it was 3po as far as the droids go that took center stage so but yeah uh, he did have his moment where he had the red eyes where we saw that in the trailer and everyone is like oh no he's gone to the dark side and uh there was there's an action figure that came out where he had a bow caster and like, okay, what are we going to see? Is C-3PO going to be a war droid now with red eyes and a, a weapon? Is he an assassin droid now? So a lot of fun speculation there, but uh, none of that actually happens. <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, you know, kind of after the Sith thing, he just kind of disappeared a little bit. You know, he didn't really notice him too much anymore. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I do want to talk about, maybe you remember, we'll have to... I've I've seen the movie a total of three times, so I thought I would figure it out by now. But um, so they go to this Pasana place, this desert planet. That's not Tatooine again, but, um, and they find the Sith knife there with the, the language on it that three, only three people can read, but can't talk about. Um, how, what do you think about that Sith knife? I mean, what it's, I think it's a cool device like, Oh, a Sith knife. And they find it. And they're like treasure hunters. And they go in this cave and they find it buried there. And, they got got to go on a quest to figure out, you know, how to find the Sith holocron. It's a cool device, but really, like, what what was the the point of that? Remember, it was a little goonyish, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? With the map, and they hold it up, and yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's weird to me because that would have been made within the last fifty years in the film, right? Well, not even that. I mean, if it has the because it was map the map to the Death Star, that's only thirty years ago. Yeah, so at some point, some Sith made it 30 years ago, possibly Palpatine. But why? Then, yeah, but then why does this other guy have it? Why not just tell him it's in the old, you know, Death Star behind my throne? Yeah. Go get exactly. it. Like, I, mean, I don't, you know, I don't understand, um, you know, why, you know, why that would be. And I, I, I don't know either. Like I kind of thought that was weird too. And then what purpose did it hold other than to hold it up and have it tell me exactly where it is? And then how do you even have context? Like it shows like this thing where it is, but it's like, Oh, I should just know from the outside where that is on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think like I said, a cool device story device, but uh, what was, what was the point really? They could have just, cause 3PO told him some coordinates of where to go. I, that part I didn't mind. They had to, you know, do this quest to get the, the information out of him. But why couldn't it just said, yeah, at these coordinates, it's in the throne room of the old Death Star. You know, why yeah. do you use the Sith knife? 
Well, and I was thinking that when she got there, she'd have to do something with it, you know, like, I, I don't know, kill someone or, you know, like cut her hand or I don't know, just something, you know, like yeah. that just seems like the Sith way, like almost Harry Potterish, you know, where you've got to weaken yourself in order to, to do it or something like that. I, I, I don't really know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting to hold the knife up at a specific angle from a specific hill on a specific <laughs> rock and, and then have to be able to see where it is. So, it, I mean, cool concept, weird execution. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, she does find that uh, Sith wayfinder in the throne that, that revisit of the throne room I thought was a pretty, really cool idea that they, she goes there, it's all destroyed and everything. We kind of, you know, are brought back to, 1983 return of the Jedi. Um, and then there's this room that we never saw in the, in the original movie, hey, the secret room back there. Um, uh, she goes in there and, uh, she, it, when she first went in there, I, I thought the first thing that came to my mind was the, the cave scene that Luke goes into the cave in Dagobah in episode five, Empire Strikes Back. And he has the vision of, he fights Darth Vader and it's really him inside Darth Vader. So, you know, if he doesn't watch what he does, he could end up like Darth Vader, that whole thing. Um, that was the first impression that I got as soon as she walked in there. I was like, Oh, this is another cave scene from, you know, like the one we saw in Empire Strikes Back. And she does see a, a vision of herself, uh, a Sith version of herself that we saw in the, in one of the trailers with her double bladed lightsaber. And they actually duel for a second there. And she gets, freaked out by this version of herself is able to grab the holocron or the wayfinder on the way out. But I don't know. what do you think of this, this moment? Um, I, I thought it was kind of good. I am. Um, I thought that the, that kind of thing only happened at specific like vortexes of uh, the force in the cave and things like that. So I thought it was kind of weird that it happened there. Um, well, to be but- fair, uh, they did say it was a Sith vault in the Emperor's throne. So I don't know what that means, but, um, yeah doesn't mean anything i don't know and then it, it was kind of cool because i think that um i, I think it kind of hits home i think inside of all of us we have this weird evil streak or something like that like ooh, I, I you know i don't know sometimes in our life you know we had that weird thing like should i or shouldn't i do this <laughs> yeah. you know and and we know the answer we're just arguing with ourselves and, and we ultimately have to make that decision within ourselves. So it's cool to see that on that, you know, where she has to make that decision, where she has to look her, her own self in the eye and decide who am I? Like, it, it, you know, what do I stand for? What do I want to be? And cause it's easy enough to be the other person, right? It's easy enough for her to pick up the red saber and succumb to those kind of emotions and, and things like that. And, uh, but you know, Ultimately, she has to decide that. And so she had that inner struggle with herself and the fight with herself and came out on whatever le- you know, side she wanted to land on. And, and so I thought that was pretty neat uh, to, to see that. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the first thing that we see where she could go bad. So she, I, she had mentioned earlier in the film that she had a vision where she saw herself and Ben on the Sith throne. And, um, but this is the first thing we actually see that she could turn to the dark side. And quite honestly, I wouldn't have minded if she had, at least for part of the film, or had been strong, like tempted by the dark side more, um, like she had fallen for it for a bit. I thought that would have been cool. Because mm-hmm. um, that uh, that scene where she is, the dark ray there in that vault, I that was a pretty cool moment. So 
but uh didn't happen but she's later tempted by Sidious saying hey you need to strike me down and if you do so you'll save your friends but you'll turn to the dark side so we were kind of thinking well maybe she will maybe she won't who knows we'll have to watch so yeah yeah i, I thought that was kind of strange too because it almost felt like that that would be like a sacrifice of good right like okay i'll give myself up for the better for for my friends yeah you know and the whole time like it's supposed to be an act of vengeance right that's the that's what he was saying he was like look it's got to be an act of vengeance you need to strike me down because you hate me and by doing so you'll assume the mantle and then she said no and then she then he was just like okay sacrifice yourself i'm like wait a minute you know i thought this was supposed to be like done in a specific way yeah you know what i mean yeah i think he was lying to her either way i think if he would have because at first he was like well you know if you strike me down i'll give you all my power and you'll be the ruler i don't think it works like that i think he overpowers her and he's in control if his spirit passes into hers or whatever the process is. I think he's ultimately in control and she loses either way. Mm -hmm. So wait, wait, honest, big question. I know we're going to stray a little bit. Is he the most powerful Sith Lord ever? I think so. Definitely out of the ones we've seen um, in video games, books, movies, whatever. I think he is. Yeah. Hmm. Because he's the one that survived the longest. He killed his master Plagueis, which was, you know, Darth Plagueis, which was pretty powerful. He outlived Vader. I mean, yeah. Hmm. Do you think otherwise? I don't know. I mean, it, it, different times, different things. I mean, I think we see some, uh, I mean, especially Knights of the Old Republic and stuff, you see some awesome, you know, Sith Lords. And you read about some awesome Sith Lords, you know, just through some of the histories. And so, you know, it's kind of hard to, say was he is he the most powerful um because there's not a ton and ton of context there you know um i don't know it's hard to compare him i would like to say when darth revan was darth revan he was most powerful yeah but i don't know because we only have a small sample size of what he could or couldn't do yeah i know that lightning there at the end when he shot it up in the sky to zap all the ships was pretty powerful yeah that was pretty awesome yeah so, uh, but let's talk a little bit about Leia, Princess Leia, General Leia, I should say. Obviously, she passed away before this film even started production, or as the script was written. Um, so, J.J. Abrams, the story is that he re- remembered that he had some deleted scenes from Episode 7, of some scenes that were cut with her in it. So, they were able to use those scenes, kind of write dialogue around those scenes, so that she could be a part of the film. And um, they'd integrate that footage into the film that we saw. So it was all, I think there's probably some CGI stuff, touch-ups maybe and things like that. But as far as the actual character of Leia, it was Carrie Fisher, the actor portraying that. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, do you think they did a good job with that? Was there disconnect? Was it, did it look funky or kind of what, what do you think? I thought it looked a little funky just because they, they did a good job, I think, integrating it into the storyline and having it make sense. But the actual wordage and how it was put out didn't, it, like her, the inflections of her voice didn't match exactly what the scene should have been. Right. Like uh, sometimes the tone of her voice was a little bit different. Like if it was somber, her voice wasn't somber enough. So because I knew that it wasn't, I could tell. But if I didn't know that they were they did this, I might not have been able to tell if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
So I think to the average watcher, you probably were just, it was fine. But to me, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I can tell it's kind of a little weird, but it was good. Uh, I I thought they were going to do a little bit more of a, a send off for her, to be honest. I mean, I think what they did was good because you had all the original members in that, you know, that were still alive there. Um, but I, I just thought it'd be, you know, kind of like uh, Padme's send off. But I mean, not as, you know, not quite to that level, but a little bit more of that way, you know, or something, you know, really somber. There was a lot of people there and it was really, you know, the last, you know, the last Skywalker to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way you do that, um, that it did look a little different. Like uh, I felt like they tried to darken the area around her. So it would blend in a little better. Uh, there's only one or two scenes that I was, that I noticed that. And there were times when she was talking that I, I just bought it. You know, I didn't like, Oh yeah, she's supposed to, I, it was after she was done talking. I was like, Oh yeah, she's dead. She's still there. But then there are other times, like you said, the, her voice didn't match the scene. Like I think she said something like never us to underestimate a droid or something. And that, that didn't jive with me at all. That seemed like it was forced. That mm-hmm. whole part. Um, but there were moments where it fit perfectly and I pretty much forgot that she was, she wasn't really there. So it was hit or miss, and I, I applaud them for trying. I think you have to give them a pass on this because of, of how it went down with Carrie Fisher dying before they. Because the plan was that this, you know, she would be more involved in this movie than the previous two, and she died after production of Episode Eight was done. So they were kind of stuck, and I thought they did good with what they had and were able to pull it off to a, a believable amount. So. I accept it. I think it's it's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I I I don't know. It was good. <laughs> That's yeah. all I. Can <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna uh, bring him down or crit- I don't know if critique critiques the right word because it's fair to critique them, but it's I think it's unfair to criticize them for trying mm. this. So in my in my mind anyway. But um, so what about Carrie F- or Princess Leia's death? It took me. I saw it three times so far. And it wasn't until like the third time that I finally figured out how it all went down. So, yeah, I mean, elaborate because I didn't quite understand it either. Yeah. So this ties into um, the Kylo Ren Ray fight on the Death Star in the water in the, in the ocean there. So my perspective is that Leia senses that they're dueling because she's connected to both of them uh, as Ray's master. And then as obviously as Ben's color mother. So she senses that goes off to her on her own and she is there. And when Ray is about to be, cause Kylo had the upper hand in that fight at the end there. Mm-hmm. He, like I was watching this fight and I was fearful that someone was going to die. Like I didn't previous fights. I was, oh, that's cool, but they're not going to kill each other because they kind of like each other or whatever. I was expecting like an arm or leg cut off or death. It was it was pretty intense. And uh, Ray is about, she's in that moment where Kylo has the upper hand and Princess Leia with her connection to her son distracts him and basically in my mind stops him from delivering the killing blow. So he pauses for a second and then Ray caught up in the moment, stabs him with his lightsaber. And so he's going to die and because of Leia's connection to Ben, she is able to keep him alive. Even though Ray does the healing thing that we saw earlier in the film with the snake thing, 
um, she heals him, but at the same time, it, there's a, a stronger bond between Leia and Kylo that keeps him alive longer. And so when, um, so when that happens, she transfers through the force, her and some of her energy to him. And that's when she dies. Hmm. Then okay. Later, then later on, one more thing later on in the film, when Ben ultimately dies and disappears in the force, that's the moment when Leia does the same. They both pass away and become one with the force in that moment. And so my theory is that her force power was able to sustain him for that much longer. So that's my theory. Hmm. I'll have to rewatch it. So I've only seen it once, but I'll have to rewatch it and, and you know, pay attention to that. Yeah. I mean, I know, I remember I watched it and I was like, huh, I don't, I don't quite understand, you know, what, what just happened. Yeah. I mean, I obviously understand she did something, but I don't quite, I don't understand how it's all tying in very well. Yeah. And that's just speculation. I, I could be totally wrong, but that's how it, them dying at the end and passing away, disappearing, becoming one with the force. That was kind of like, oh, so they were still connected somehow. Mm-hmm. And also when he dies, he, I saw this on Twitter. Someone said that when he dies and comes back, he has that conversation with, with Harrison Ford, with Han Solo, which is a great moment, by the way. We'll get into that in a minute. But like the last word that he says in that film is, is dad when he has that conversation with um, his dad, Han Solo. And then he never speaks again for the rest of the film. I thought that was interesting. But, um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so, I didn't notice that. Yeah. So Ray, she kills Kylo, brings him back to de- from the dead, basically. Well, he heals his, his mortal wound. And she's, um, she tells him that I would have took your hand if you, you would have gone to the, the light side, if you would have remained Ben instead of going to Kylo. Then she takes off in, her, in the TIE fighter and goes back to Octu where Luke was training or was hiding out in the previous two movies. So, But then, uh, the, yeah, I, would, I do want to talk about how Kylo Ren has that moment with his dad, Han Solo, um, where they basically you know, reenact the moment that we saw in episode seven where Kylo Ren kills him. But this time he feels remorse for what he did, at least the emotions that he expresses. And, you know, he, he feels like he, he did the wrong thing. Um, and instead of, you know, stabbing his dad, he throws his lightsaber away and he wants to tell his dad that he loves him, but he can't. But, uh, you know, Han Solo says, I know, you know, which is the throwback to Empire Strikes Back when Leia says, you know, I love you. And he's like, I know it's kind of a touching moment there. So, um, what do you think about that? The redemption of, of Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, did that work for you? I mean, starting in this moment where he, he comes back, uh, meets with Han Solo all the way through to the end when he basically sacrifices himself for, for Ray to bring her back from the dead. Um, did it work for you? Um, so the conversation with his dad really worked for me. I think that's all it is. Um, it was almost an exact replica of when Han was killed, right? Yeah. I mean, everything. Like, I, I know what I have to do, but I don't know I have the strength to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I think it all comes down to choices. Like, you know, we all got to make that choice within ourselves. And you can see how close he was to making the good choice in episode seven and the other choice in episode nine. And I think the difference was the first one, he didn't feel like he had redemption. He didn't feel like, like, you know, he, like he let down, I'm sure he was just made to believe he, that he let down his parents so bad they would never take him back. 
And now he knows his parents love him. He knew, you know, what his mom did for him and his dad standing in front of him telling him he loves him. And he knew that no matter what they'd love him. And so he gives up, you know, that part really did it for me. I was, I liked that part, you know, and he throws away his saber. Um, what I, what I didn't like is, was, was the end. I didn't like how he, he died. I think it's great. He saved Leia and, or saved Ray. Um, and you know, that was cool and all, but I didn't feel like he should have died. <laughs> okay. It's really what it comes down to. I, I feel like that, you know, he should have still been alive and been part of the story. Okay. So I had heard that, well, I don't know if I heard, it. I just thought, well, if they're going to redeem him, cause that's kind of the, in the third movies, um, in return of the Jedi, uh, Anakin's redeemed, right? He sacrifices himself or his son in the galaxy basically and he's he's redeemed so i'm thinking well if kylo ren is going to be redeemed what has to happen to make it believable because he he killed his dad he's killed you know countless of others he was part of the the first order responsible for all these deaths so how do they pull that off where i'm like okay i accept that redemption otherwise he's just he killed all these people and he's like oh i changed my mind I'm, i'm good now you know that's not believable for me I mean, cool that you're not going to do that anymore, but you got to pay for all these people you killed, all these bad things you've done. So for me, it was, I don't know if I necessarily wanted him to die, but I felt like that's what had to happen. So if there was another option, I'd, I'd, op- I'd be open to it, but I don't know what that option would be. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. Maybe it's just the way he died. I don't know. Well, I didn't want him to die either. I mean, he's, he's a cool character. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to see him either go two ways. If he were to survive, I'd want him to see him go two ways where he either becomes more evil than Vader, you know, this ultimate bad guy. Cause I never, throughout this trilogy, he was never like a bad guy. He did bad things, but I never got the impression he was a bad guy. Like he just was mad about stuff, like the way his parents treated him or whatever. Um, and I wanted to see that from him where he was just, you know, did stuff and didn't care. So either that way or, where he would come back and be a force for good, where he would be a Jedi and do these great things. But like, again, I don't know how you pull out that redemption with him still living. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know. Like I said, maybe it's just the way, maybe if he would have gone another way or something, but I mean, yeah, he gave up his life force. And I guess maybe that's one of the ultimate sacrifices, right. You know, for the, the pure, like, I don't, I don't think anybody, like if there was dark side left in him, I don't think that, he could have done it. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was trying to show. Yeah. So for me, it worked. Uh, I, I would like to see more of, and even if they came back with earlier Ben solo, when he was training to be a Jedi and he was good, I think that would be, cause I, I think I just want to see more of him cause he was, he was in the middle of his journey. He wasn't completely bad, but he wasn't completely good. So I wanted to see more of him as good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's kind of a, either or i guess you can't have both yeah yeah i mean like you said i I think i would just like to see a little bit more good or i i just don't know i don't know the best way to see him die or something i i think it kind of leads to the whole um palpatine ray showdown you know what i mean like 
it was there and it was cool, but it just kind of left me like, man, maybe I wanted something a little different. Maybe it just wasn't expecting, you know, and that's what I was saying at the first, right? It did it had all the elements I wanted in it, but it didn't resolve them how I wanted, I expected. It didn't resolve Betty how I expected. It didn't resolve Palpatine and Ray Showdown how I expected, but it resolved it. Right. It was good. Just it was a little, little different, you know, than, than what I was thinking. I mean, look, Palpatine electrocuted himself to death already. You think he, like, it's like, wait, 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 wait. Let's not do this again. You know, let me not, let me not do this with all the power of every Sith that ever existed. Yeah. Uh, let me tone that down and whip out my own lightsaber. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it happened to him in episode three is you think he'd pull back on the lightning once it started, once he started getting overpowered. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, would you, is that what you wanted to see is like a, a lightsaber duel between Ray and Palpatine? Or, or something. You know what I mean? Something. And, and that's what I was saying was like, you know, maybe he's about to kill her and then one of the fours ghosts step in, you know, and stop him for a second. And then she's able to, you know what I mean? Come back. And cause obviously I don't think Ray would stand a chance against uh, Palpatine in a fight. You know, it's kind of like Anakin saying he can, uh, that he could duel Yoda, <laughs> you know, and like, was it the second episode? Yeah. And uh, Obi-Wan's like only in your mind, my young Padawan, right? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I don't think Ray would stand a chance, you know, too much of a chance against him in the light day saber duel. But I, I I think I would have liked to see, I don't know, one of the Force Ghosts step in and, and help or, or something. I, I don't really know what I wanted, but I didn't expect it to go like that just because it's it just seems too simplistic. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Plus, we'd, we'd already seen it before. We'd seen it in episode three. We saw it in episode six. Now it's here again, episode nine. Yeah, it's like the fool never learns. Like, okay, like I just like to get electrocuted, like yeah. rebounded to my face, I guess. Yeah. So I like that they're consistent, <laughs> but <laughs> let's uh, let's do something else. So, mm-hmm. but like you said, it, it did so, resolve it. What? And it was so abrupt. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I I don't know. Like it would have been one thing if she did it. If she you know tossed the lightning like we saw earlier. Yeah. You know, then it's like, oh, yeah, take that. Turn about, you know, turn about to fair play kind of thing. But it was just like, here, let me grab these lightsabers that's been done before and, and block this lightning. And yeah, and uh, you'll get electrocuted with one saber, but wait for me to get two and you keep going and I'll, keep, you know what I mean? It just seems so weird, you know, just like too simple, too fast, you know what I mean? For someone that powerful and that knowledgeable to just die that way, it was just seemed like, hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess he's dead. I can buy it, but it just seems like he wouldn't have made that mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I was kind of hoping that when he was using the, the lightning, cause we just saw him unleash this huge amount of power up into the sky to, you know, disable all these ships. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of power there. So I was hoping we'd start to see like with Ray blocking it, that it would like bend the lightsaber, or, you know, just kind of oh, start to overpower the lightsaber that because there was a lot of Sith lightning going on there. And she, you know, the lightsaber is like, eh, I got this, but I wanted to see, have it more of a damaging effect than just what we saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it just seems weird. I mean, that guy was so powerful, right? I mean, yeah. he basically slaps around Bray and, and Ben, like they were nothing yeah. like they're on your knees, get over here. You know, like I'm not even going to lift a finger. Um, I mean, I can do that to you, but let me toss some lightning that's easily reflected in my face at you. Yeah. And as I think about it, as we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking, so why did they do it that way? And then I remember 
because at the time that they meet initially, Ray and Palpatine, he has like all the the power of the Sith behind him. He's got all those people there, the history, and he's kind of the current embodiment of everything. But then Ray, she has to have that moment where she asks all the Jedi to be with her. We and we hear the voices. I got a rundown of all the voices I saw today that I saved. It was pretty cool. Um, let me read it. So the voices that we hear here in that final moment, we hear Obi-Wan, we hear Anakin, we hear Ahsoka, we hear Kanan, Luminara, Yoda, Qui-Gon, Ayla Secura, Mace, Adi Galia, Qui-Gon. Did I say, yeah, I said Qui-Gon. Old Obi-Wan, like Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan. Yeah. So we hear a bunch of old Jedi who are, you know, reinforce her. And so I'm thinking at that moment, she has all the Jedi behind her. He has all the Sith behind her. And that's when they start, he's shooting lightning at her and she's deflecting it with the lightsabers. So it's basically it's them. They're the avatars of all the Sith and all the Jedi versus each other. Wait, does she, does she hear Ahsoka Tano? Yeah. So Ahsoka's dead. It would seem to be. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause there's Sith spirits. Huh. Yeah, everyone else on that list is dead. Yeah, right? I mean, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Yoda, Mace. I mean, we all assumed that maybe Snoke was Mace, I guess. But, you know, Kanan's dead, I know. You know, Adi Gallia, is that who it is? Yeah. Is dead. Ayala Sakura, dead. Dead. Uh, Luminari Unduli. Dead. Dead, right? Everyone's dead. Ahsoka Tano. So she's dead. It would seem to be, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that answers it. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm just reading this. Like, listen. Uh, um, it says, It's caused some debate among Star Wars fans. Ahsoka Tano, a fan favorite character from both the Clone Wars and Rebel anime series, is confirmed dead by the Rise of Skywalker, assuming that all these voices are Force ghosts. Yeah. Perhaps the end of her story is being saved for future Star Wars project. But, um, yeah. So, oh, wow. I mean, that just, like, blows my mind a little bit. Because I guess that's what... J.J. Abrams meant, oh, yeah, you won't be disappointed. Well, I am disappointed. She's dead, and I have no idea how. Thank you, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Thanks for the spoiler. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, goodness. Oh, man, that, like, that spin, that's spinning me. That's giving, that's messing me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it had to happen at some point, right? Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> let me see the story before you give me the ending. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there's a reason. I mean, there's a reason we start the books at page one. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's Jedi versus Sith, apparently. But what? Even then, okay. So she's she's matched her power with Palpatine's power because of this. These Force ghosts are behind her in some way that we don't really see. Um, but what's the difference? Like, why why is she able to defeat them? Are the Jedi more powerful? Is there more of them? I mean, I don't. We don't know. Uh, I feel like it was like the perfect, it, when you, when you say it like that, then it kind of all makes, you know, like it was perfect. I think that, um, one of the Sith is all emotions and blind rage, right? I mean, that's kind of how I break it down. And so here he is just trying to kill her at all means possible. And she has all this and, you know, the Jedi is all about the defense of those that can't defend themselves. Like the true Jedi, you know, not really the Jedi that we saw you know, from before where they're like involved in politics and stuff, but it's about helping those in need and protecting those that can't do it themselves. And, and all she did was defend, right? She didn't attack, you know, she wasn't trying to attack him. She wasn't trying to kill him. She's defended and he basically killed himself 
again. Yeah. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, that's kind of how I see it. But yeah, I mean, I guess when all the Jedi are with you, that your, your lightsaber is indestructible. And, um, but I mean, it was cool. I mean, it was cool nonetheless. It was just so abrupt. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to see more of it. So, yeah. So after that, um, she passes out. Kylo Ren, Ben Solo, I guess, uh, comes back up from the cliff and transfer, uses a force trick that he learned from her earlier, where she stabbed him with the lightsaber. So he uses that trick, or he uses that trick to bring her back to life. And as a result, it's, it costs him his life force, basically. And, and he, he dies, disappears. He's one with the force. He's redeemed. Same time his mother, uh, Princess Leia, passes away. So, and, that's, and then we see the, the rebel forces that were fighting above the planet. They're victorious at the same time. And everybody's happy. Final scene I want to get into is the Ray goes back to Tatooine to the homestead that we saw in the first movie, well, episode four, I guess, A New Hope, where Luke was raised. And she has Leia's lightsaber and Luke's lightsaber. And she buries them in the sand together. And the old lady comes up and says, Who are you? No one's been here forever. What's your name? And she's like, Ray. And then she sees Luke and Leia as force ghosts off in, off to the side and she realizes that she is going to call herself Ray Skywalker from now on. And then we get the iconic two sunsets, Ray staring off into the, those two, two suns sunset with BB-8. And then that's the end. So um, how, do you, how do you think that ending wrapped it up? For me, it was the first, you know, we're in the first film we're there. We see Tatooine. We're introduced to Luke there, um, 1977 at this, this place. Um, then the final film is there at that location. For me, it kind of wrapped it all up pretty nicely. It was a little fan service, a little too you know, contrived, but I don't care. I liked it. <laughs> so, Yeah, it would seem like if you want to pay true, well, I guess you can't build, bury an Alderaan. Alderaan's gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're to try to bury an Alderaan places. Boom! Anyways. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's... Um, yeah, like you said, it was contrived. Like, I mean, it obviously was what it was. We never knew what they were doing. Why? I'm still like, my mind is still blown why anyone would ever want to uh, retire and throw themselves in exile at Tatooine, of all places. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, whatever. Um, yeah, it was good. I gave the ending like a B um, because it was contrived, you know, like it just wasn't authentic, you know? Um, but I still, like I said afterwards when we were talking, I still think it would have been cool to give a thumbs up to the Mandalorian and show a younger Yoda riding away because I'm fully convinced that baby Yoda is Yoda's clone. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. Uh, so, oh, I can't remember. Anyways, but one thing I forgot to mention, Ray's new lightsaber. It's, uh, from what I could tell, they didn't show the whole thing, but from what I can tell, it was... The staff that she's been carrying around since episode seven when we first introduced her, it kind of looks like Darth Maul's lightsaber there, you know, on the, on the one end. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it is, but it, that's what it looks like. Uh, I don't, I never got the impression that it was, but they're very similar looking. And that's, that seems to be what her lightsaber is, is that her staff. She's either it was a lightsaber and she figured it out and Hey, this is a lightsaber. I'm going to you know, put a crystal in it. Or she built her staff into a lightsaber. Um, and it has a yellow blade, and we've never seen that before in the the films. 
um, in the animated show, we've seen a yellow lightsaber with the, the Jedi temple guards have yellow lightsabers. And I think they're called sentinels. The, the yellow lightsaber blade, I believe are sentinels <clears throat> that we've seen in, you know, the video games and stuff in the expanded universe things. So um, I don't know if that has a meaning or if it's just, that's the, the crystal she ended up finding first. You know, do you have any thoughts on, on her new lightsaber? Um, I don't think it's Darth Maul's because the last time we see Darth Maul's lightsaber, Obi-Wan Kenobi cuts it in half and kills him. Right. Movies, yeah. Yeah. Well, but then in solo, we see him with his, his lightsaber. Well, no, in rebels when, when he, when Obi-Wan kills him for the last time. Okay. Right. Don't right. Remember he's, he goes to block it and he like cuts it. Oh right yeah, that's right. And yeah. cuts it and it breaks. So, that's the last time we see it. Obviously, we have no idea what happens between then and now. But I, I think that his lightsaber's toast. Um, but yeah, I mean, I wish it would have kind of showed that, you know, where it come came from and stuff. And it was cool, like you said. I mean, we've seen yellow lightsabers before in the games and stuff, but never in a movie. And it was pretty neat. And I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. Um, I. I I just wish I knew the meaning of the lightsabers because there's so many different things out there and then some things are made not canon and some new things are. So yeah. uh, I, I wish I understood the significance of that or maybe they were just trying to show one more color of lightsaber that everyone knows exists. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, so that's that's kind of the my initial thoughts on the film. I mean, there's a lot in this film that we'll probably get back to at some point talking more about it. Uh, but um uh, overall, I liked it. Um, I like to see they've come out on record, at least the, the Lucasfilm executive saying this is the last Skywalker film. But uh, I think the way it's ended, there's plenty of more story to go. I mean, we could have more adventures with Rey. You know, what does she do? Does she establish a new Jedi Academy? Is there a new uh, threat to the galaxy? Because there's always going to be a new threat, no matter if it's Sith or not. Um, what is, you know, throughout this film, we see that even more that Finn is force sensitive. He, he's able to have connections through the force when Ray died um, before Ben resurrected her, I guess he, he knew that she had died. She, he felt that in the force. So he, he's force sensitive, you know, does he train to be a Jedi or, you know, what does he do with that? Um, I'd like to have more adventures of Poe Dameron. I thought he was a cool character. I've always liked his character. So, you know, how do they rebuild these kind of the same questions that we saw at the end of Return of the Jedi? Do they rebuild the new Republic again? Or, you know, what happens next type stuff? I don't know. But there's plenty of material there for another movie, another trilogy, if you if you want. So what, going forward, what, do you feel like they should? I think we kind of talked about it earlier. You don't really want to see another Skywalker. You want to see different films, different plot lines, I guess. Yeah, there's three things I want to see. Three. One, I want to see awesome Knights of the Old Republic, anything Old Republic. I think you can make a lot of movies out there. I want to see that story arc. Two, I want to see young Yoda. I want to see where he is, where he comes from, what he did to get where he is. I want to see that, right? And three, I want to see the evilness of Darth Vader. I want to see him, what happens between when he becomes Darth Vader to the movies, right? What did he do? How did he hunt? How crazy awesome was he? 
I want to see those things. Um, I think the Darth Vader thing's been kind of one of those fan favorite ideas after Rebel or after uh, um, what was that movie? Rogue One, right? Right after Rogue One, because we saw him come in and just annihilate everybody in a way that nobody's seen ever. Yeah. And now you're like, man, well, he was young guy when he became Darth Vader. And we saw him a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, rebels and stuff. But I want to see him in his heyday. I want to see him. I don't know. And I don't even know if Disney dares make a film like that. Here, we're going to idolize a Sith Lord. <laughs> and yeah. make a movie just about him slaughtering everybody because slaughtering's awesome. <laughs> I, I don't know if they ever would. That'd be such a weird like thing to do. But come on, I I think people want to see it because it's Darth Vader. Yeah. And I think if we see something like that, it could be in the Ben Kenobi Disney Plus series. Oh yeah, yep, so, yeah. That's a good, you know, good idea. A, that's a couple years after Revenge of the Sith and. Maybe more than a couple, but it's, you know, he's a younger Darth Vader at that point. He's still kind of young in his Darth Vader suit. But, um, you know, that would be the perfect opportunity. I mean, Vader's hunting the Jedi in that moment. And so uh, maybe Obi-Wan gets caught up in that. He, he Maybe they don't necessarily fight, although I think they should. But maybe we get scenes of Darth Vader just going to town on people and Kenobi has to escape. Or, he, you know, it's just this side thing that we see. So I think potentially we could see it in that in that series yeah yeah that's a good thing so anyway, i mean those are the three things i want to see coming from the star wars i don't really care too much about this kenobi one i'm i mean the cassian i i don't know like it, i'm sure i'll watch them they just don't excite me you know whereas those other three things would excite me i'm like oh yeah i can't wait to go see blah 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 but I mean, I'm a fan enough. It, it's not going to matter, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go watch it anyway. Right. Yeah. I And I think they could do more stories in this with Ray and all that. But I think if they did, it would be 10 years later with an older Ray or something. And I like you, I do want to see other stories. There's much more to explore in this galaxy far, far away. That's, we don't have to keep, keep going back to that well. I think eventually they, they could and should. But for now, for the next 10 years, I don't think they need to as far as the films go. I think we could do a lot of exploration in that era that we've already seen on Disney Plus, which they are doing. I mean, the Mandalorians of that era, uh, Kenobi's that era, Cassian Andor's that era. So they got three series already, um, maybe even a couple more. But as far as movies goes, big events, I want to see stuff like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And and why we've mentioned, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but just why we mentioned it, Mandalorian. What grade do you give it right now? I mean, we're episode seven. We're almost finished with the first season, right? Uh, I mean, it came out quick, right? Normally it's been every other Friday, but then it came out, was it Tuesday this week? Well, Tuesday or Wednesday, I can't remember. Yeah, so it came out quick. It was only half a week, and then we're going to have a week and a half until episode eight. So no episode this Friday, you know, but next Friday. So, I mean, what are you giving it? Is it grade A, B, C, D, you know? Oh, definitely an A, you know, whether it's an A or an A minus. I like it. Yeah, I'm with you. I, there's some awesome things in it. I mean, who's it? Gina Carino's in it. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> but uh, for me, I'm like, I don't know where this is going. It's cool. I see some awesome stuff. But what's the stinking storyline? Like, he just wants to save this kid. We don't know anything about this. We, we actually haven't learned any more about him than we knew in episode one, other than it's baby Yoda. And maybe that's coming in episode eight. 
but that means I've watched seven episodes without any more knowledge about anything other than what we already knew. And so for me, I, I really like it. It's awesome. So I'm just confused about what's going on. Like, what should I be learning? What's, what's the end goal? Yeah. Like it's a big universe and you can't, you can't get away. Yeah. Like it's, let's get, it's huge. This is a galaxy folks. And you can't get away from a planet like of, of guild people that are going to hunt you. I mean, I don't understand that, but yeah. So I just, I'm, I'm, I think there's two things going on where the guild's after him. So he has to be careful, but he's also a Mandalorian, which are, yeah, they're in hiding too. So he has to be careful where he can't like show up on Coruscant and be like, Hey guys, hiding out. (laughs) <laughs> Let me leave my mask on. We'll chill. Yeah. So I think that those two kind of limit his area of escape. Um, but yeah, I mean, he could go to the other side of the galaxy and you know, who knows? Uh, but maybe the guild's that big. I don't know. That's another thing that I want to know. Those, that's the good thing about the show. I want to know more about the Mandalorian and their, their culture, their people. You know, why are they in hiding? What's been going on? Um, I want to know more, more about the bounty hunters guild. I want to know more about the empire, the remnants of the empire. What are they up to? Mm-hmm. Cause this is pre first order end of the empire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We and got so- a, we, we got a glimpse this last episode when the death troopers showed up and all those stormtroopers and they shot up the bar that they were in and that, um, moth guy showed up. So we we're getting a little bit of that. Um, but there's so much more I want to know about. I mean, mm-hmm. good area to explore for the next five years hopefully so well that's what i'm saying the season's gonna come to end and they're not gonna answer all that oh no they can't answer all that which means i've got to wait nine months for the next episode whatever so i mean we either need to speed up the plot or allow more plot like because each episode is its own plot but the whole thing i feels like the plot's been the exact same from episode one to now eight and yeah they're gonna answer a lot but now i'm gonna wait a long time for episode two so you need to throw in like eight more episodes or uh you know make them longer episodes with more more defined plot i don't know what it is but i just feel like i'm watching these cool things but i'm not getting any more story yeah yeah i think they'll reveal some in this next episode but then there'll be a cliffhanger and we'll have to wait nine months to see the next season Uh, but i hopefully in the second season because i think they they wanted to do the first season where they're not revealing everything because if let's say it flopped, you know, they have all this cool stuff, but they, they can only do one season. So I think they're just kind of waiting to see what fan reaction was. And since it's positive I think they're going to move forward with, you know, more uh, interesting stories and get back into the the overall plot. Like you said, they're going to start revealing that quicker Mm -hmm. now that it's a hit. And uh, last thing, is Baby Yoda good or bad? Because that force choke was yeah. awesome. Yeah, I think he's good. I, I think he was, he saw those two arm wrestling and he perceived that the Mandalorian was going to get hurt or something. So he force choked her to protect him. I mean, it was cool. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, I don't think he knows good or bad. I think that's part of the, the, the thing is he was, I think he was kidnapped and they were going to use his genetic material to clone more or do more stuff with it. But I think him, he's like a natural born Yoda species, whatever they're called. I think, and this is, this is my, you know, like I've, I've got a history of awesome. Okay. Predictions ever since a Brandon Sanderson book came out. Um, That one time you were right. Okay. yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, that time. <laughs> uh, I think that he is Yoda clone reborn, whatever. And Palpatine is trying to find him to get him. And he was in hiding, protected, uh, you know, why the guild was sent to try to collect him. Yeah, I, I can see something along those lines. Because the whole beginning of episode nine, where he, there's this laboratory where we see Snoke clones, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there is a strong possibility now that we've seen episode nine that this concept of Baby Yoda and the cloners are after him that somehow ties into or is related to what we saw in episode nine with, with Palpatine. And, and if that's true, I also think it makes sense in the difference, how the Sith would do it and how the Jedi would do it. Like the Sith is all about instant results, right? And, you know, get it any done any way possible. I don't care if you have to kill a million people or whatever. Um, And so he's instantly resurrected in a body that's imperfect because they're impatient. Right. And, Whereas I feel like if it's true, then Yoda takes the long route, right? Like the long but more short route where, look, I'm going to come back as a, as a baby and, you know, go that route and learn and, and grow up and, and do it right. So I don't have these, you know, I'm not this blind person on this machine that can't move and, you know, my fingers are like destroyed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah that's so, a good point. I hadn't thought of that. I like that. So anyways, I don't know. Just just some thoughts. I just want to throw in some Mandalorian thing in there real quick because that's ongoing right now. Yeah, and that's a teaser for our upcoming Mandalorian review series coming soon. Yeah, yep. Uh, last episode next Friday. Make sure you watch it because we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So anyway, well, like I said, a lot of stuff in this film. We'll get back to it at some point. And as the, like, Because there's so much information, it kind of takes a minute to settle in and think about it and read theories and connections on online and just kind of sort through it all so we'll get back to it at some point but we want to thank you guys for joining us here on credible nerds podcast as we review star wars episode nine the rise of skywalker that's a great film uh overall i'd give it a i want to give it a nine right now but probably realistically eight and a half 8.75 is where i'm thinking right now um what about for you mark what's your review at this point after one viewing um, I kind of put mine in, it's hard to rank these ABC yeah. because they're so like fan oriented, you know, like, you know, I'm a fan, so I'm going to give it bigger points. So in the grand scheme of things, it's my number three favorite film right now. It might flip to number four, but I don't think you see it dropping, but lower than four. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, definitely a good film. Go see it. If you're on the fence, if you've heard or read the, the reviews that say it's, it's, bunch of crap don't go see it disney ruined star wars all that dumb stuff uh go see it you know i think you'll like it um let us know what you think if you saw it and disagree with us or agree with us either way let us know we'd love to talk about it hit us up on social media facebook um, instagram twitter just search for credible nerd you'll find us there and you can join in on the conversation uh we're also on patreon support us on patreon for a small monthly fee uh support us as we do these podcasts we have a lot of fun doing them and appreciate your support so thanks again and like i said look forward to the mandalorian review series that's coming up um and then the clone wars season seven's coming out so we'll we'll be talking star wars for a bit if you have other other interests we also talk dc comics marvel comics lord of the rings middle earth type stuff there's a new series coming out there yeah i think this coming year um the second age we'll be talking mm-hmm. about about all that how the rings of power were formed 
a lot of interesting stuff. We're also into The Wheel of Time, which is another Amazon Prime series coming out soon. If you haven't read the books, there's only 15 of them, so get on that and finish that great series. So we have, we have some episodes, some reviews of, of book one. Of book one, if you want to check it out, uh, the fourth Taviran podcast. So got a lot of stuff going on, but we appreciate your support by listening. And I want to thank you guys for joining us here on, on this episode of the Credible Nerds podcast. Hey, we'll see you guys. 